You're listening to Building the Game with Rob and Jason. It's Building the Game with Jason and Rob. For tabletop game design, you really can't go wrong. Building the Game, yeah, Building the Game. Hello and welcome to Building the Game, a documentary podcast. Today is Monday, it's November 13th, 2017. It's episode 285. I'm Rob. Jason is sitting here looking at his phone, uh, looking at, I believe, the Kickstarter app. No, I'm looking at this. Do you oh, you just upgraded? Yeah, phone? you just upgraded your phone to the new... What is that fourth button next to airplane mode? What? It's the Bluetooth button. Oh, no. I don't know. Is that the... Uh, it looks like a radio antenna. Is that for the... the whatchamacallit? I wonder thing? if that's Wi-Fi calling? I don't know, dude. I don't understand anything. Mine was turned on, I'm pretty sure. Mine's off. I don't know. Oh, it's, oh, look at that. What is it? You can zoom into it. Cellular data. Oh. S- what? A, I don't care. So you can, basically, you can turn off cellular data so it doesn't use your data. That's okay. really smart that you can do that there. Okay. But it won't let me mess with it now because, of course, I'm in airplane, airplane mode. Airplane mode. Wow, that's really cool. Personal hotspot on and off right there too. Yeah. This I really actually dig this new interface. Dude, I just I, hate that stupid fade up thing on the screen that I can't change. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. We were talking about uh the new the, the Apple experience these days and uh, I was saying the only thing that is holding me back from switching back to Android now is uh is my music. Um that yeah. I don't want to have to manually download and convert all the music that I bought. They get you with that. So, I don't know. I don't know. Builders, do you have any recommendations? Are, are there any apps out there that will let me rip all that stuff automatically from my Apple account and uh, save it as an MP3? I would pay upwards of $7 for such an app. If I could just da- buy that app and hit go and it would just do that automatically. And how, how many hours do you think it would take you to convert all that over? Um, so, you know what? Hey, here's a, here's a problem that, that I have encountered. Uh, and that's that um, Apple's M4A audio formats, they don't use AAC anymore. They use M4A. Right, yeah. Yeah. Um, it is really difficult to find a piece of software that will just convert that to a WAV file. You can use iTunes. One by one. One by one. And uh, you, there are websites that will do that conversion for you. But try going to the Windows, uh, the Windows store on your computer and find an app that will do that. Uh, you can download about 25 different apps that say that they'll do that, but none of them will actually launch I'm, or do anything when you try and launch them. It seems like that is that is the first an app that people would sell and buy, right? Because if I'm a Windows guy <clears> who's <throat> trying to get people off Apple, right? Yeah. I, mean, I want to make that app. I mean, I would gladly pay $7 for such an app myself, right? Be it on my phone. Just, just 7 What if it was $9.99? I'm, I would consider it. It wouldn't yeah. be an insta-buy, but I would certainly consider it. And because right so for, now for insta-buys, seven dollars is your limit. Yeah, is that is that is that the deal? Actually, well, typically on my phone, insta-buy is, is I don't even have an insta-buy on my phone. But for this specific need that I have, and the reason I have this specific need is that when we record, just just like like out of the studio and mm-hmm. just use voice recorder on my phone to do that, it's a pain in the butt process because then I have to I have to go back into the, to the voice app and I have to email the file to myself from the voice app. <laughs> and then because I can't find a piece of software that'll do it. And, and also I refuse to install iTunes on my new computer because, because, because then it will never stop harassing me. It's true. And do guess you want what? To upgrade? Windows do you want 10, upgrade? Windows 10 harasses me enough as it is. <laughs> hey, do you want to update now or now? Well, I don't know why. Well, let's do it now. So right? here's my suggestion to you. 
Well, well, let me finish oh, here. Okay, so, okay. so this right, is a so great I, story. I refuse to install iTunes on this new computer because I just don't want to. I don't want to mess with that. Right. I'm, I'm done with right. that. So I, I have to, and I can't find an app in the Windows App Store that will do this for me. Uh, all the free ones that say they do it don't work. Uh, so what I do is I go to a website and I upload a file to it and then it emails me a link to download it again after the conversion. And it takes like approximately seven seconds for that to, to be done. And then I have to, I have to upload it and I have to download it and that's a pain in the butt. Have you considered mm-hmm. getting a new app for your phone that records voice memos that will export them in something that is not an M4A. Okay, that's a pretty good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's probably idea. actually free ones that do that. You're probably right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's, there's there's my tech suggestion for you. That's a pretty good idea. Okay. All right. Okay. I'll give you that one. <laughs> I'll give you that one. That simple solution had never occurred to me. I, honestly, the only reason it did for me was because I was like, well, it's probably doing that M4A because it's proprietary yeah. for Apple. Yeah. Hey, wait, because you kept saying app, app, app. Right. Yeah. So yeah. it was teamwork. Yeah. Good. All right. Um, yeah. Because Audacity won't handle an M4A. No no, 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 no. No. It doesn't even do AAC. No. Actually, I think you can download a codec to make it do AAC, but I never have to do that. So. Right. You also have to download a codec. It's not in the install for. Um, for mp3 but that's really easy to get and absolutely necessary so i always do that the first time i install it right right away right yeah so, that's important uh anyway um hi hi apple sucks um what's uh what's going on with you what's new uh stuff um yeah 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 yeah, yeah. doing a movie showing on thursday you sure are exciting yeah so so that was last thursday according to builders okay sorry builders it was last thursday right not that any of you were there jerks just kidding you live a long ways away you didn't tell them about it in advance so how how were they you're right i didn't you didn't tell me about it in advance i i know that i told you Uh, months ago did not pretty sure i did i'm gonna check with will because i'm pretty sure one of us told you i'm 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 100 sure neither nobody told me also if you i've been literally talking about it on facebook for two months now that's not an excuse i'm just saying everybody knows but you yeah well you'd think that you would tell one of your executive producers it's true you do think that so there you go tell us about your movie jason yeah, well, it's your movie too, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's called Atrophy. We've been working on it for seven years, so that's cool. Yeah. Uh, I like that whenever I have to say that I say this, I say, you know, we made two movies before this. They both took about a year between production and post-production. So we had some plans that Atrophy was going to not take seven years, but then it took seven years uh, because it was such a big deal. And, uh, you know, we shot for about six months uh, over the course of nights and weekends Mm-hmm. Um, lots and lots of weekends spent shooting. Too many weekends. Um, yeah, and then uh, it's too many hot, hot weekends. Hot weekends. Uh, but anyways, uh, so in addition to that, uh, then we did a ton of post production and we had a ton of problems because, uh, well, because sometimes we were just using subpar equipment because it's what we could get our hands on, uh, specifically in the audio realm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we went through four or five audio people. Um. Some of which did not do much. Some made good progress. The last guy we had actually made really good progress. Uh, and then uh, Troy, uh, one of the producers and the uh, cinematographer and editor. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, when you do independent films, people do lots of jobs. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he uh, he finished it himself and, and tweaked it all out. And it sounds great now. Um, so you would never know mm-hmm. uh, that uh, we had really, really terrible audio. I mean, I'm sure it's not like... 
it's not Hollywood quality audio, sure, but sure. Uh, I think it probably sounds better than anything we've ever filmed. <laughs> mm-hmm. Certainly sounds better than the documentary we did because you know that was crappy. Um, that was crappy all around. Yeah. So, anyways, when when I was in high school, uh, one of my friend's older brothers was was an independent filmmaker, and uh, when and I helped them with a few things, and um, when uh, when they went out to shoot on on weekends, you know. Um, their standard procedure was they would go to a pawn shop and they would buy a camera and they would use it and then they would go back to the pawn shop on Monday and return it. And they would just kind of rotate through about seven pawn shops in Southern California that they knew had the the right type of camera that they needed in stock. <laughs> and so they would just kind of alternate so that they weren't just like renting the camera every weekend and losing a bunch of money. Did that work? I mean, they shot a film. Wow. <laughs> it's called Bleak Future. I think... I know you can get the disc from Netflix. I don't think it's streaming on Netflix, but was it any good? It was a lot of fun. <laughs> no, actually, it's it's pretty okay. It's pretty okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah sixteen millimeter. So. so you know, it's not. Oh, sixteen millimeter. So if they knew yeah. what they were doing, then it could look pretty decent. Yeah, it was all right. It was all right. Yeah. So, um, and this was would have been made uh, mid nineties, probably what ninety five. I think is when they shot that. Um, so it's 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 very much independent sci-fi horror post-apocalyptic right. um you know bunch of a-holes in their early 20s just screwing around yep. in the desert yeah that's one of the things i'm proud about about this movie is it's not just a bunch of 20 somethings in the movie <laughs> yeah and there are several of those uh-huh. um but there are a lot of 30 40s and 50 somethings in the movie as well yeah uh, and that's something that i was proud of sure. it wasn't just like the same six white college kids <laughs> yeah, yeah. things so um but anyways uh so the story is is uh about um well first of all we kind of describe it as the Wizard of Oz uh, meets Mad Max, um, and uh, it's a story of a guy who's uh, who's in a bad spot in his life, and he finds himself in this other terrible world, uh, and he's, f- for the film, he is fighting to get back, mm-hmm. fighting to get back. That's what he's doing. Um, does he make it? You don't know. You don't know unless you see the movie. Uh, we will have DVDs on sale here at some point, uh, and Blu-rays. Oh, Ooh. hey, Blu-ray. So yeah, but so we're the, we're working on some stuff for that. All the kids are into Blu-rays these days. They are yeah. because they look good. Um, yeah, and yeah. I think we're gonna sell maybe some. We may sell digitally. I'm not exactly sure how that works. So no, I don't we'll, know. We'll figure that out, um, or we won't. But uh, anyways, <laughs> uh, yeah. So we're pretty okay. excited to, uh, you know, um, it was a uh, it was a long time to work on a film, but I'm so glad that it's done, and uh, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty happy with how it turned out. You know, it's not perfect. Um, but, um, you know, we, our goal was to make a, uh, blockbuster film, uh, for less than $10,000 and we did that. There you go. Yeah. So, all right. Let's okay. move on. Sure. What else is new? What else is new? Oh, all sorts of stuff. No, no, really. I don't know. No. We should talk about our topic. Okay. We can do that. Let's talk about our topic. Which is Unpub Midwest. Unpub Midwest. This past weekend. Uh, cause we were there. We were you were there so more than I was. I was there a lot more than you were. Yeah, yeah. You were you went down on Friday. Well, yeah, you start because yeah, you were there, there on Friday. I got there Friday afternoon. Oh, still man, recovering. Still still recovering. Uh, I got there Friday afternoon, um, and I was excited to see all the people that I know. Uh, person I got to hang out with right away uh, was uh, Mr. Kelly Hoagland. I think Hoagland. I hope I'm pronouncing your last name yeah. right, Kelly. Uh, anyways, I like Kelly. Kelly is from St. Louis. Um, We've met Kelly several times, oh, now, yeah, or at least a couple, right? And uh, Kelly made fun of me for hating Vonnegut. 
and yeah. uh, and he's wrong because Vonnegut sucks. It's too bad he was actually bummed you weren't there the first day when he was wearing a Vonnegut shirt. Oh, <laughs> literally was wearing a Vonnegut shirt. Too bad. Sorry, Kelly. So um, you're wrong though. Vonnegut sucks. <laughs> so so anyways, we hung out for a bit. Got to do some stuff, play some games. Um, other people I got to hang out a lot with that I really enjoyed. Um, I saw uh, John Dubois quite a bit. We had tables next yeah. to each other. Uh, yeah. He's a good guy. We played he's some games, guy. gave each other some feedback. Uh, Heather, Heather was there uh, from uh, who works with Grand Gamers Guild. Yep. I don't get to see her very often, but we had a good time. Played some yep. games together as well. Uh, she played a game of mine, and she just she just hated it. Thanks, Heather. No, mm-hmm. I'm just teasing. She was super nice. <laughs> uh, we, uh, yeah, uh, I got to see Josh and Helena Capel. It's always good to see them. Mark Spector obviously was there because mm-hmm. he was hosting the whole thing, mm-hmm. um, and and that went really well. Uh, John Moeller came out, which was great uh, yeah. from Unpub to yep. represent. Yeah, uh, I was excited. He was there. I haven't seen John in a long time, or I actually got to talk to him. But I got to spend a good fifteen minutes chatting him up, and that was nice. Yeah. Um, gosh, Gray Dietrich, of course, was there. Of course, Gray. I mean, yeah. Gray was always it's Grand Rapids. You bet Gray's going to be there, and that was good. <laughs> Uh, I always love hanging out with Greg. I got to play a game of his called Red Square, uh, and I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed that, too. Yeah. Yeah, we played that at lunch on Saturday, and I dug the hell out of yeah, that. Yeah, that's I know. Me, too. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I'm like, I have what? one piece of feedback, and he's like, what's that? And I said, make this take less space. <laughs> like, yeah. Other than that, this game is super fun. Yeah. I mean, and that didn't hurt the funness of the game. Yeah. It just it takes up a lot of real estate on the table. It so, does, yeah. yeah. It's a drafting set collection game. Yep. Uh, with some cool scoring options in it. Um, the, the idea is that you are trying to put on the best show, the the best display of military might in in Red Square, right, and that includes uh, people marching, statues. Yeah, build statues, uh, and um, also uh, build the the onion domes. The yeah, the yeah. Um, the 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 yeah. It's, it's some sort of church. Is that what that is? Isn't it, uh, isn't it the Capitol? The Kre- uh, is that is that the Kremlin? That's not uh, the Kremlin. Uh, I don't remember what it is. Anyway, but every you know those big colorful onion domes. Is that an onion dome or is that like the? There's I'm I'm sure they're not called onion domes. Well, so, there is an architectural feature that's called an onion dome. Things like on the top of a mosque that has that that it's shaped like an onion with the point up, right? Oh, on top. But but I think I, I think those might be called onion domes because of the shape and the color because they're always gold. So maybe these are not onion domes right. because and of their colors. Those look more onion-like. They do well. I think like it's these, because of the color. Yeah, these almost look like candles. The way they kind of spin yeah. up into a point. Yes, yeah, so maybe that's the wrong term. So, anyways, long story short, that game was fun. It was great. Yeah, it's great. Um, I got to play Kelly's game Circuitous while I was there. Did you get to play it again? We played that a couple of years ago with him. Yeah, yeah. Which so, I I like. <clears throat> I really liked that game, and he said it. He told me it's gotten a lot better since then. So I got to play it uh, first day, I think. Yeah. Um, and he got some feedback on it. He got some. I don't know, he got some annoying feedback on it, but I'm not gonna get into that. Um, because it's a super fun game. So I played it. I enjoyed it. It was just as fun as I remembered. Good. <clears throat> I didn't. I gave him some feedback, but I wasn't sure and. Um, and then somebody else, oh, and then Luke Peterschmidt uh, from Fun to 11 played it, and he gave me some feedback, which was, was really solid as well. And mm-hmm. um, so, anyways, out of that feedback, he made some tweaks. So, then the last day, uh, Sunday, I played it with him again mm-hmm. and uh, was like, let me, you know, see this. First thing he does is lay down a card and he doesn't make it straight, he makes it angled, right? So, they changed the rule hmm. that the lines have to intersect, but as long as the card is not covering any other lines, you can put it in any angle you want. So I liked the game before. Like that completely changed it. It's fantastic now. Cool. Uh, And then the goals he made to little circles on, on the cards Mm -hmm. and the main card in the middle has a circle for each color and you get extra points. If the winner scores on your color, 
even if it's not you. And you, of course, get extra points for being the first one to finish. And then the other two cards, which I think he's got pushed slightly back, there's two colors on one and two colors on the other. Mm. So you're fighting to get to which one. And, okay. and then it's got the normal scoring of anything that creates the path yeah. scores. Yeah. Um, oh, man. I, I re- it's, that game has gotten really, really good. Cool. So, cool. Yeah. Right on. And I don't think... Uh, he had his boat game there, too, but I didn't get to play that. That's when um, we played at Grand Con, I think, two years ago. Yep. Yeah. Yep. With the sliding tiles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was fun. I just... Um, yeah. I didn't get a chance to play that. I got to play um, Tricky Dungeon by John Dubois. Uh, I really enjoyed that. Um, it's a trick taker um, in a dungeon, hence Tricky Dungeon. Sure. Uh, but it, it handles trick taking in some unique ways. Um, and that was it was interesting to see somebody trying something a little different with that. Um, did I, what other games? I feel like, oh, I played a game by Joe Hopkins. I don't remember what it was called, but we were flicking cards around and I was really bad at it. Like mm. Really bad. Yeah. It was hard. And it was like 1130 at night when he had us playing the game. It was it was bad timing. Okay. I gave him a hard time about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I watched, actually, he's got this this programmed movement game uh, where you're picking up donuts with a robot and then delivering mm. them somewhere, nice. which is great. Um, and it was really rough. Like the prototype was literally just like check, checker pieces and stuff. Mm. But oh, man, it looked cool. Like yeah. it, it handled programmed movement in a way I hadn't seen before. Um, that mm. was pretty neat. So, right um, so yeah, I got to watch that get played. I'm trying to think if there's anything else to talk about before we talk about our games. Um, what other games did I play? Uh, so there was this, there was this lady. Um, did you see the lady with the dog game? She uh, was like, if you were there and I was here, she was like between us. Kind uh, of. I walked by it. I, I had my back to it most of the time though. So I didn't see how people were playing it. Right. So she actually got a lot of play testers. Um, okay. And and I I heard good things from some people, um, but I I don't know her personally, right? Mm-hmm. Um, she seemed she seemed like a nice lady. Uh, she uh, said hi to me a few times. She watched me play a couple of games, um, like when she just didn't have any play tests. She's like Sunday was really slow. Yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> so I saw this person registered sitting between us, and their name literally was the lady. Oh, her, yeah. And then yeah. I see her, and on her badge, it just says, the lady, the lady right? Yeah. So I'm like, okay, okay, that's interesting, right? Was she the one running the dog game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. So she was the one with the dog game, right? Cool. So she played Red State with myself and Gray, uh-huh. right? Red Square? Sorry, Red Square, yeah, not Red State, that's different. That's Kevin Smith movie. Yeah. Yeah. Red Square's way better. Um, <laughs> so anyways, um, uh, we're, you know, we sit down, and Gray's like, uh, he's like, all right, names for scoring. He's like, I'm Gray, you're Jason, and he's like, and your name is? She's like, the lady. <laughs> And he's like, yeah. oh, Gray goes, really? <laughs> just, just, just the lady? Uh-huh. <laughs> no, like, just the lady? And she's like, yep. She's like, that's, that's, I mean, I have a real name, but that's, that's what I go by. I'm like, okay, sweet. Okay. I mean, that's cool. But anyways, so that is like, she's like Prince, except for the lady. The lady. So, um, but she was super nice. Had a good time playing uh, Red Square with her. So yeah. maybe, well, she's like, she's like, like Sean Combs now, right? What is he, the Diddy? Yeah, Puff, well, he just changed his name again. You know, P. Diddy, Puff Daddy, Diddy, all that, just, you know, Puffy, everything, right? Did you hear his new name? Oh, gosh, no. Brother Love. Really? Yep. That's his new name. Why, why do people do that? Because. Like, at least Puff Daddy to Diddy, right? Like, I get it, right? Like, okay, when's the last time you heard anybody talk about that guy? 
No, never. You're right. Right. Okay. Yeah. So that's why he did it. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So now, now people are talking about him again. Yeah. But are they buying his music? Probably <sighs> not. Well, somebody, somebody somewhere is going. Oh, what was that? What was that song they did with the? Look, I just gotta look that up, and yeah. then they're gonna buy that song on iTunes. That's true. Yeah, that is true. That's that's why you did that. Yeah. People anyway, are, people are easy to get to buy stuff from. Yeah. Um, and then oh, I so I played this other game about corporate espionage, mm-hmm. uh, by Ted and Mike, and I didn't catch Ted and Mike's last names. Uh, I gave them my contact info because I was like, I want to hear more about this game as you progress, and mm-hmm. uh, and that game was really cool. It was. You were um, basically there were like there was a grid area and the grid was color coded and where you were depend determined which dice you rolled for your dice pool to mm-hmm. do stuff with okay. and you were trying to complete tasks before a certain time limit otherwise you would fail and like it was a co op game mm-hmm. and it was we so the game took two hours to play right oh wow yeah remember no I mean you know how I feel about that and yeah. I was honest with them about how I feel about the game that long I would have I would have sworn to you it took an hour yeah. It felt like it was so quick. And I was like, I said, you know, I said, I would totally like, I would buy this game. Uh, if this game was published, I would buy it. I said, the problem is it's too long. I said, I didn't feel like it was two hours, but it was, right? Yeah. And that's too long. Mm-hmm. So, and we figured out that with some stall time that we had in there, some dead time, it was probably down to like an hour and 30 minutes. Yeah. So you guys could easily get this to 45 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. And they were cool with that idea of shortening it. They were trying to figure out how. So we gave them some cool suggestions with that that we talked through that, Felt like that could work for them, because um, the core mechanics of the game are amazing. Because it's a co-op game and there's a, there are lose conditions, they can mm. totally scale those up and down to kind of ratchet up the tension and stuff. Sure, and, um, it was it was a very unique system. Okay. Um, when I first looked at it, I was like, I don't know what to expect out of this. And then uh, as I played it, I was like, this is this is fantastic. And uh, gosh, who did I? Pl- I played it with Kelly. Yeah, it was Kelly and I, okay. and then Ted and Tim, uh, Ted and Mike, the designers. Uh, and it was it was a good time. Right on. I think that's everything I played. Yeah. If I'm forgetting something, I apologize. But I think that's everything I played. Mm. Did, what, did you play? What games did you play? Uh, well, I that, yeah, just just my own and uh, Red Square, unfortunately, with uh, Gray. Because I had to uh, I had to work on Friday, and then I got sick on Saturday. I think by well, yeah, right about three o'clock, I kind of started to feel a little rough on uh-huh. Saturday. Yeah. And uh, like I could tell, I was getting a fever because the drive home, um, I just I just turned the air conditioning on uh, uh, on the drive home because uh-huh. I was so overheated. So you know, the hour long drive back to Kalamazoo when it was probably thirty eight degrees outside, and you had the AC. On. I, I had the AC on <laughs> so that I wasn't sweating and passing out. Um, Sweet, so, that so I was like fun. I was pretty miserable on Sunday, so I did not go back up because yeah, I no, was sick on Sunday. So. Yeah, so I knew when you said you didn't feel well, and then like. You uh like an hour later you said a thing that's the show's ready and I was like wow he's serious like he's like he edited that show and he went back to bed yeah <laughs> yeah I well actually I I went down to the basement and laid on on the couch in the dark and stared at the TV and, and kind of half dozed right I did right. watch uh I watched Get Out which is a really good movie yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it is right yeah yeah you've seen that. So I've seen most of it. Okay. I read about it. Yeah. And then I saw most of it uh, actually Saturday night. Okay. Uh, it was on HBO and I was laying in bed and like mm-hmm. watching it, but I, I, I fell asleep before the end, but mm-hmm. I went and read how it ended sure. because yeah. I, I didn't feel like... It's it's one... I mean, you can... I knew the twist. I knew what it was about before I before seeing it, uh-huh. but I and I didn't care. It was still really enjoyable. 
Um, and I did not watch this this weekend, but uh, several weeks ago, I watched The Invitation. So so Get Out is streaming on HBO right now, mm-hmm. and uh, The Invitation is streaming on Netflix right now. That movie is something. What is it about? Uh, it's about a, a couple who are invited to a dinner party. And I don't want to say anything more, because the less you know, the better. Okay. Uh, the only other thing I will say is that it's it's weird, and it's a very tense movie, and by the end of it, you'll probably be exhausted from the stress of it. Wow. But it's, it's and it's a re- really slow burn, um, but I highly recommend it. Wow. Highly recommend good, it. Good to know. Yeah. I don't well, want to say anything else about what it's about. Who, is anybody in it that's famous or? Um, there's one guy in it who's a character actor I've seen in a dozen things, but he's not the lead and I don't remember his name. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. But nobody else. I, I was not okay. familiar with anybody else. So anyway, I really like that a lot. Cool. Cool. We should talk about our games, our input Let's games. Let's talk about our games. Yeah. Let's talk about our games. Um, uh, well, let me talk about Seven Bridges yeah, City first. Right. And then you can talk about uh, Barrow and sure. then I'll do the uh, Transylvania thing. Um. So, uh, the Transylvania twist, I guess. Uh, anyways, uh, so Seven Bridges City, uh, that went, that went pretty well. Uh, I did my first play test of that Friday night just to make sure I could actually play it cause I'd never played it before. Cause literally I made the prototype that morning, yeah. um, before I left. Uh, so first play test of that went pretty well. Like the worst thing was people didn't understand the iconography of it. Um, so Seven Bridges City, just a reminder is it's a, it's a trick making game where you're, uh, playing four tricks every turn. Uh, one of those tr- three of three of those tricks are always the same as in they have the same rules and the fourth trick changes rules based on which bridge card you're playing that round um and uh yeah i got some really good feedback on that um i tweaked some things here and there uh with it um mostly just rules changes where like oh i'll i'll make this slightly different and it, but it was nothing that affected the cards um because i had purposely not printed lots of information on the cards um, so that I could make, you know, I could make adjustments to the rules as needed, like the value of the trick of the bridge and stuff like that. Uh, and, um, yeah. And then in the end, uh, the last feedback I got was somebody really wanted to see it have more of a hook to it. Something that really grabbed you. Um, and they had talked about maybe the idea of like building a bridge, like you're actually collecting resource, like, so, cause there's different resources, right? So maybe you're building a physical bridge so that when you win a trick, you win a resource, right? Uh, and the resource you win is the card you played, right? Or the card the other person played. So basically you win and there's two cards there and what you get to take is one of those two resources, right? Okay. Um, and the goal of the game is to build a physical bridge. So you'd need nine pieces to do that. So you'd have to take nine tricks before the game was over. Uh, and I'm working on that a little bit because the problem mm. with nine tricks is there's a chance the game could end where no one has taken nine tricks. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so I need to figure out how to make sure that that happens because there's four tricks per round. Um, and there are uh, so four tricks per round. And uh, there are eight bridges in the game right now. So that's 32 tricks divided by four is, of course, eight because you do eight times four. Right. Divided by four. It's, it's yeah, it's eight. So the average is eight. So that's... um. You really only need one person to win one to win one more. Here's the deal, right? The chances of that happening are so slim. But you know when it would happen, like when you're pitching it to a publisher, of course, so, right? Because that's when that happens. Yep. Yeah, I play a game of Transylvania. Two people tied. Do the game is like an open economy game. Like there's uh-huh. just money, like in different denominations, <laughs> and like and two people tied. Like nice. how does that happen? Well. 
if it happens again, you know you got a problem. Well, no, it was okay. <laughs> we just I needed a tiebreaker, so okay, I figured right. out what that was on the okay. fly. There, we talked about it. Um, so yeah, so Seven Bridges City though, I was really really happy with how it tested out. Okay, uh, I'm gonna test out the idea of using resources to build a bridge. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's kind of cool. Sure. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right on. Yeah, well, so I was running Barrow, uh, and I got, I managed to play five games um, mm-hmm. on Saturday, which is okay. I mean, I would have liked more, but considering the the turnout that we had there, which was, I, it was it was not like you know it was not Baltimore on pub levels of, of mm-hmm. attendees, right? But nothing is right. going to be right. So right. So all things considered, that was that was fine. Um, four of those games were three player, and one game was two player. Also, I'm also a little bummed I didn't get a four-player game in. Um, right. But, you know, anyway. So, um, game game length, I was hoping that I could get the game down to about 45 minutes. In every case, it took about an hour, but it was also a learning game. So Yeah, there's I, always that. Yeah, so, you know, I think in general, though, I'm pretty, pretty okay with the time, with the length of the game. Um changes. So, so previously, I you know, you roll the dice and then you get a, actions and... And I, I said you can um, you can build you can build cities and you can build roads and you can reveal tiles and those are all actions mm-hmm. among other things. So one of the the recommendations that you gave me is is don't have them choose to build a tile, just have them flip a tile every turn, right? Right. And that worked perfectly. That was that was good advice. Oh, so good, thank good. you for that. Yeah. So I, I basically I, I the first game I tried it that way because I came with two different kind of instructional cards with me. Nice. And the first game I tried it that way and it worked so well. I was like, all right. Uh, I'm throwing those other things out, you know. <laughs> so this is the way I'm going to go uh, moving forward. Um, then um, the one of Seth Jaffe's suggestions was, "Hey, don't don't make them choose to build a road. Just just make it so that the players just whenever the hero goes someplace else, they leave a road behind them." And that was also brilliant. Oh yeah, nice. That, that was brilliant. Um, so yeah, so no, building a road is not an option. So then, what you're doing then is when you're spending your actions, you're you're choosing: am I going to am I going to build a city? Uh, am I going to um, try and attempt a quest challenge? Uh, you know, the, those are in. I don't remember what the other options were. Oh uh, no, because leveling up leveling up a hero was free. Whatever. Anyway, so um, so going through this, it it it. it kind of dialed it in a little bit across of those those five games and, and I felt like that part of the game moving your heroes around attempting quest challenges people like that they like the excitement of the dice die roll they liked leveling up your character to kind of kind of make it so that you're pretty sure you're going to be able to adjust that die roll and succeed at your challenge mm-hmm. but there's always a chance you're going to get a get dice humped right right um it happens yeah so so that was all working well but the problem is that that once you got about halfway through the game as you're as you're re- revealing more tiles, um, uh, everything you need, all the icons that you need in order to complete your quest challenges are already out there. Likewise, you've already built roads between all those things, mm-hmm. and so you can easily move your hero back and forth. Oh yeah, moving is another action. You can easily move your hero along those roads pretty cheaply without a big cost. Right. And so there's no reason for you to be visiting those new tiles that are coming out. And and then you also, you don't really care about where, where you're building more cities. As long as you've got one city here uh, that's a level one and another city here that's level two, then then what's what? why do you need to go anywhere? Um, right. And, and I, I had previously said that you can only build a city where your hero is, but that felt too restrictive and too limiting. Um, 
and and so so I said, let's just open it up. You can build a city anywhere you want anytime. Because your hero is a hero. He's not wasting his time right. doing construction. Right, it's like he's building a city. Right, yeah. Um, and I, I still think that's the right decision. But but so so what it is, is in the second half of the game, where you're placing cities and where you're placing tiles is totally meaningless. And so it's just, well, I got a tile because I had to flip one over and I'm going to put it there, but I don't care why I put it there. What right. good it's, it's, yeah. So that's, that's the new problem for the game. So I kind of feel like I need to add another game in here. I need a second layer of tile placement and city placement that adds meaning to the game. And and so where I'm where I'm at with that in my head is is farms and carcassonne. Okay. Um so um farms and carcassonne uh everything I, for anybody who doesn't know uh anything everything on a tile in carcassonne matters, right? Whether it's a city, whether it's a road, whether it's a cloister, whether it's just grass. Right. And even grass is is meaningful. Uh, by connecting areas of grass together, um, you know, kind of enclosed by roads and by city walls and, and just the edges of tiles, um, that's how you build farms. And when you place a, a, a meeple there, then you're placing a farmer, and that meeple is there for the rest of the game, but uh, it's going to give you some kind of a score bonus based on how many cities border that farm at the end of the game. Okay, so so lifting that does not exactly, one-to-one doesn't make sense. My thinking being that maybe maybe you're trying to create areas of that match your character's color. Okay, that okay. makes sense. I'll buy that. Yeah. So and I you know art wise, I don't really know what that would look like, but you know I, I could easily just draw some blobby shapes on some tiles, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, um, and and see where that takes me. But but then I'm not sure. Okay, so does that mean you want to place cities on tiles where that are only in your color? Are you going to get bonuses? You know, the number of tiles in that that the that chunk is connected to is going to then be multiplied by the number of cities. And if you have a level two cities the city, then it's another multiplier. So I need I need to explore that some more. Right. The other thing that a lot of people said is that they want player powers. And and, and I was not, not thinking for an instant. I was thinking about every player is a different color in the same way that Catan is a different color, right? Like, and it's just, it's just, well, it's another color, just like Carcassonne. It's another color, doesn't mean anything, right? It's just a way for you to tell your pieces apart. But then when I made the prototype, uh, I had to have player reference cards, and, and there are heroes. And I said, well, I'll give a face to, to each hero. And I just right. got some character faces off of gameicons.net. And then and then what that did is that put a face and a character on each of these player so things. Like, this is a wizard. Right. And what so they were, do? they were no longer just generic based on color. They were actual characters. And then when you have a face there, it's like everybody wants a special power for that faction. It makes total sense. It wasn't just a character. It, was, it, wasn't, just, it wasn't just color. It was a character and a faction. And people wanted more from that. So, so I think next step number one is to figure out the tile and city game that adds to that, and then step two is to figure out uh, character powers. That makes total with sense. That. Yeah, and you um, can make the character powers optional as well. Oh yeah, you know totally. I mean? It doesn't you know, have to be a. Oh, yeah. we're doing this. Right. So, um, that's where I'm going with that. Um, not sure. I'm not sure. I, like like I the the tile and city game I don't want it to be too complicated, I don't, you know. Right. I want it to be accessible. I just want it to continue to to add add meaning and value to, um, the rest of the experience, uh, so that you actually care about where you're placing those things later in the game. Right. Yeah. So oh, that makes sense because I mean. 
there's nothing worse than like midway through the game being like, okay, this mechanic is wasted now. Right. Like I have to do it, yeah. but I don't care. But I also I like the I like it as a timing mechanic to to decide when the game's going to end. Yep. So I don't just want to eliminate all the those tiles from the game. No, I, that makes total sense. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, so that's uh, that's where I am with Barrow. Cool. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, for my pitch tonight, I'm going to talk through. Um, what it was like testing um, Transylvania Trading Company, what the suggestions were, uh, and then kind of where the game has landed since then. Um, oh, it's the TV. I was like, what is that sound? Um, and um, where the game has landed since then, but then also uh, where it can, you know, where I think it's going to head and what I still need to figure out. So, um, so I got a lot of play testing of it, uh, but the ones that were the most compelling that made me make the most changes. Uh, were from Josh and Helena Capel. Uh, so the first play test I had with that was Josh and Helena Capel and Jason Katarski. Jason wanted to see it, said, hey, I want to try this. And they were there. So they said, yeah, we'll play it. And um, and they are, like, Josh and Helena are just monsters at giving feedback. It's awesome. Like, I mean cool. that in a good way, not like a bad way. That may have sounded like it was bad, but it's not. Um, so anyways, they had some amazing feedback. And Katarski's always got pretty good feedback as well. So... Um, <laughs> yeah, Katarski's pretty good too. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't. Uh, I get feedback from him all the time. So like these guys, they're like they're exceptional at giving feedback. <laughs> okay. Um. So anyway, so the, you know what their initial feedback was. Um, looking at the auction, uh, there wasn't enough. And I'll, in case you're like, well, what about this game? I want to know more about it. I'll pitch it in just a minute. But they were like looking at the um at the auction information. Each player gets to see one card, including the auctioneer. They didn't like that. It wasn't mm. enough. Mm. So two things to fix that. One, that the auctioneer should be able to look at the um, at the uh, whole auction before they set a price on it. And two, um, that maybe there's a way to spice those cards up a little bit, right? Um, and so how do we spice the cards up? Well, um, Josh Capel suggested, well, why don't you have like food? Like if there's a card with food on it, some of those food cards are, are times two, right? So it's like, it's like two food, right? Mm. So when I look at this card, I know it's worth two food, right? Um, not just one. So I, that was really helpful. Okay. Um, so that was off their first play test. And then they had some other thoughts. Um, but I don't remember what, honestly what all those were. I made a few changes based on them though. And then I did more play tests. Well, the next play test I did, I did two more. And I made a decision that the economy was too open. There were, there were eight cities you could sell in. Uh, and it was too much. So I cut it to six and made it real tight. Mm. Uh, it also, oh, I know Helena wanted the, um, because every turn when you buy something, uh, something rotates out so that the demand is always changing. Mm-hmm. And she was like, the demand is really predictable because there's eight cities and 10 tokens. And I was like, that's a good point. So I cut it down to, um, I cut it down to six cities and 10 tokens. So what that means is obviously you really have to be paying attention to know what's coming up next. Sure. Um, Oh, and they felt like people couldn't sell enough. People mm. didn't have enough chance to sell their auctions. Um, so, so that is uh, so that was all the feedback I got. And then I had some people playing it who really enjoyed it, but I was like done with the game. I'm like this is taking too long. Mm. So I stripped out an equal amount of cards from every every um, every uh, resource, mm-hmm. or, well by percentage to make it make sense, uh, to redeem f- four turns from the game. Uh, which is four auctions and then, f- you know, f- an action for every player. That was a big, big win for it. All right. So here's the new version of the game that I'm going to pitch. So the idea of Transylvania Trading Company 
um, is that you are going around Transylvania buying goods at auction and then selling them uh, to villages. Uh, unfortunately, sometimes you also get werewolves in the crates that you're buying off at auction, and uh, you're not sure what to do with those. Now, you came prepared with a silver bullet, but only one. Um, and heck, at the end of the game, that's worth money if you uh, if you can keep it. It's worth five five uh, dollars, which is a big deal. Um, so, anyways, you don't want to use that if you don't have to. Uh, but if you get these werewolves at auctions, you got to find a way to get rid of them. So the easiest way to do that is to sell goods to to villages and just throw those werewolves in a crate and uh, ship them on over and destroy the village. So that happens. Um, so yeah, so that's that's the simple instructions. To I mean, the simple idea of the game. Uh, so how does it work? Well, uh, on the player's turn, uh, they are going to be the auctioneer, and they will uh, get four cards. Uh, sorry, five cards now. They will take five cards from the auction. Uh, each player gets to look at one. The auctioneer gets to look at all of them. The auctioneer will set a price between one and seven. Um, and that's a reserve price. If that price is not met, that means the auctioneer gets to keep it. Um, so based on what people see, they decide if they think they want to pay for that or not. And then that's what happens. They uh, Everybody bids. And it's an open bidding. So you can go around and around until somebody has finally purchased it. Uh, the open bidding works really well with it. It's, it's very quick. Uh, it's not. It doesn't take too long. Um, and everybody does start the game with five cards already in their uh, wagon of stuff, right? Uh, so, okay. so when they when they when you win an auction, you take it, you put it in an empty stack, uh, an empty slot you have on your uh, on your wagon, and uh, then you're gonna then everybody's gonna get a chance to sort. Now, let's say you accidentally got a werewolf at auction. So this is something that's changed, right? And this changed because Joe Hopkins was playing it, and uh, he uh, he put an auction up for sale, and he said. Uh, I'm going to charge three for this auction, but he gave everybody a card to look at and everyone passed because every person got a werewolf. (laughs) So literally no one wanted the auction. So he had to put three werewolves in his wagon, which basically destroyed the game for him. Right. Okay. Um, And so he had a really, really great idea for what to do. And this is what you do now. If you get multiple werewolves, you discard all but one of them. And I was like, that's not very punishing. They said, but it is because I just paid eight gold or dollars to buy this, to buy this, um, this lot. And there were three werewolves in it. I get a werewolf and one, I mean, in two resources, right? So you're pretty hosed at that point. Um, so that actually worked out really well. Um, so anyway, so that's how it works now. If you get a where if you get multiple werewolves, you only have to keep one, and you just go ahead and put that in your wagon, and it's locked down. That werewolf cannot move unless you shoot it or sell it. Hmm. And at the end of the game, those werewolves are going to be worth negative five points. Any other extra goods you have are going to be worth negative one. Um, so after everybody has taken a chance to sort, what you do to sort is pick up two stacks of cards you have, look at them, you can mix them together, and then resort them back out into those two separate stacks. One of the stacks could be empty to allow you to shift cards. So why does it matter about trying to separate them? Well, for selling, this is how it works. There are six villages, as I mentioned, out at any given time. Those villages have a, a dollar amount they'll pay, and then they have a slot where you set a demand token. There are four types of resources, and there's two demand tokens for each type, and then there's two demand tokens where they will buy anything from you, but they won't take werewolves um, because they're they're hip to the werewolves. Sure. Um, so the way selling works, though, is if I have a stack of goods, say I have two weapons and two dry goods, and this city, Rupia, is willing to pay two bucks for every weapon, I can sell them the whole stack. And if I sell, I have to sell a stack, right? Um, if I sell that stack, they will only pay me for what they want, but they will take everything. 
Um, so if I have two weapons and, and a, two food or whatever, they're only going to pay me for the weapons, but I'm going to lose all the items. So, and I misspoke here. So what you used to be able to do before you sell was sort, right? Now you don't sort until after. The reason being uh, is it's going to start to make players make harder choices about having what to, of what to sell and when to sell and when not to sell. Does that make sense? Okay. So it's a little harder. I, mean, I could sell right now, but I can only sell if I do, I'm going to probably lose money. Um, yeah. So that's that. Um, and then after every person has gotten a chance to sell. And so when you buy something from a city, like from, you buy weapons from Rupia, right? Or you, sorry, you sell to them. You're going to take that demand token off there, put it on the bottom stack of demand tokens, flip the city over to the other side, which is going to have a different offer available, and then put a new demand token out there. Now, if there had been a werewolf in what you sold, you'll then take a werewolf token, uh, a meeple, and put it on that city, and that city is, is locked down. If ever four cities have been locked down, the game is over. Okay. Um, on your turn, as a free action, you can totally use the... Um, uh, silver bullet to kill a werewolf there, uh, but at the end of the were- in the game, as I said, though, that is worth five bucks. Sure. So that is useful to keep for the end of the game, um, and that's so that's pretty much how the game works. Okay. Uh, it's it's not a complicated game, um, but you know you get some some great interactions out of the buying and selling. Yeah. So one issue people were having was they found themselves not winning auctions enough, right? Not having enough items. So one of the things we talked about was every turn giving someone one item. Like, here's an item you get this turn. Um, now, I need to figure out if um, with those items, um, if you uh, could get werewolves in there or not. I think so, because I think that's going to be the easiest way to manage it. So if that's the case, I'll just add some more cards. Like if, So if, if I end up going the route of giving everybody one item per turn, um, and they can put it wherever they want in their wagon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that I'll have to go the route of adding some more cards back in uh, simply because um, I, I don't want the game to go too fast, right? Yeah. Uh, and if you're going to give out an extra four cards a turn in a four-player game, uh, that could make the game go pretty fast. So, okay. Yeah. Hmm. So that is that. Okay. I should really play this game with you sometime. Oh, you've, have you ever played no, it? No, I never have. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. So I'm really happy with where we've come with it. So there's one more piece of feedback that I'm not sure what to do with, and that mm. is that uh, Transylvania should be vampires, not werewolves. Well, I mean... They're not wrong. Yeah. But I keep trying to explain to people, and some people get this, and you either get this or you don't. Werewolves jumping out of boxes is funny. That's comedy right there. That's like slapstick, basically. Yeah. Vampires jumping out of boxes, that's just scary. They're vampires. That's not cool. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyways, so... Yeah. I mean, I agree. I agree with I agree with both that that's a problem that when you say Transylvania, you expect vampire, right? Um, and I also agree that werewolves are are more interesting jumping right. out of boxes than vampires. Yes. So that is a problem, and I'm not sure how you fix that. So my thought was to just work in as a location, Dracula's castle, and somehow that that's something you can yeah. do something there. I don't know. Or somehow add vampires into it, but I don't know how. So is can you maybe you just change the name? Maybe it's maybe it's Silver Silver Bullet Trading Company. But Transylvania Trading Company is a great. Hey, I know, name. but I unless I know, but I know. it's a game about werewolves. It's not about vampires, and you're going to always get that feedback. It is true. So I'll think about it. So or I may just figure out a way to also add vampires into the game. Like you know what I mean? I don't know. Maybe there's vampires and werewolves, yeah. and it's different depending on what you get. 
Um, that silver bullet token becomes a silver bullet slash stake, right? You know, I don't well, know. Well, vampires so. can't um, can't handle silver either. They can't? No, it's toxic. Oh, okay. Pure silver is, I mean, it's it's like a mystical material that that okay. any any creatures in general oh, that was a thing on true blood wasn't it i don't I know like that was a thing on true it's, a, blood. it's a thing on a thing about vampires um okay. speaking of vampires what we do in the shadows pretty good i want to watch that it's pretty good that's really yeah that's funny. on uh, amazon i watched a lot of stuff streaming over the last couple it's of got days the dude who directed um yeah i don't know how to pronounce his name taika watiti is it yeah okay. yeah I, just, I think that's how it's pronounced sure i mean it's it's weird yeah it's good uh, it's good yeah it's he fun. seemed funny I really want to go see Thor, by the way. I do too, yeah. All right. Um, yeah. I think that's that. Oh, I forgot. Um, I want to uh, give a shout out, because uh, I spent I spent like an hour or something. Uh, I can't believe I forgot to say this before. I spent like an hour uh, on uh, on Sunday, or Saturday, while we were waiting for the for the uh, prize drawing mm-hmm. to go through. Just hanging out and chatting with John Mahler and uh, James Myers. Um, and uh, uh, that was cool talking to you guys. So, and James, I it was the, the most you and I had actually talked about anything ever. So, uh, thanks, man. It was good, good chatting with you. Um, yeah, okay, that's all. Good night. Wait, we already said that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, well, you know, bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> Building the Game is a co-production of Imminent Entertainment and Poorly Designed Studios. All of the ideas presented by Rob and Jason are property of the Building the Game podcast. Next time on Building the Game. Oh, also, uh, remember Epic Monster Tea Party is on Kickstarter right now. You can get your own copy. It's funded. Epic Monster Tea Party is funded. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, Epic Monster Tea Party is funded. So uh, working on stretch, stretch goals now. So, so get your own copy of Epic Monster Tea Party. Uh, right now, gall darn it. Yeah. Yeah, do that. Okay, that's really it. I promise. Bye. See ya. Okay, bye. You can, you, good, good night. You can, you can stop recording now, Jason. Okay, I'll do that. You should, you should stop recording. Right now? Yeah, you should just, just, do, just stop. I'm gonna do that. Okay, we'll stop. Go. Hurry up. Okay, yep, okay go. Stop recording. Stop recording. Just stop it, Jason. You just need to